We are uh, working through the Ten Commandments. We're on commandment number five, which is... Let me turn this on. Yes, honor your father and mother. Uh, all right, so let's get this out in the open. By the way, we're going to be in Exodus 20. Uh, but I, I know people are asking me, are you okay? You know, Kentucky lost. I'm a Kentucky fan. And uh, the answer is no, uh, I am not okay. I wore black today and morning, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Um, here's what's funny. My mother, we're talking about honoring parents today. Uh, my mother, we do a bracket. Our, our family does a bracket and uh, my mother's ahead. Uh, so she's a leading 88 years old. She knows more about it than we do. And so it, uh, it kind of makes me giggle. Today we're talking about, uh, this is an interesting topic because um, a couple things. A lot of times we think this is like a, uh, a commandment for children. But think about it. All the commandments, uh, all the other commandments are for adults. And I'm going to show you in a couple seconds, okay, this is really for adults as much as kids. So that changes the way you look at it a little bit. So think about it that way. Um, parenting is hard. And, and sometimes when we read honor your father and mother, what if your parents were honorable? How do you deal with that? So we're going to talk about all those things today. But I wanted to start with a video. Um, parenting is tough, and sometimes you have hard lessons to teach. And so this is a video of a kid who gets his first paycheck. And I want you to watch his expression when he looks at how much he actually gets. <laughs> Come on, man. Got his first check. First check ever in life, boy. Gonna see what it do. And wait, wait, we ain't gotta say how much it is, man. See his face when you open it up, man. Wait, 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 wait Jojo. How does it feel opening up this first check, man? Oh, come on. Right, let me uh -huh. just open it up. All right, man. All right, all right. What you do? You need this. He really don't. Because he was expected to me. <laughs> Why your face like that, Jojo? It's probably the taxes. It's probably taxes. <laughs> would you expect it more? Because you're 18. Jojo, would I'm you so expect it more? <laughs> How much you get? I got this out. Jojo, where you going? How much did y'all get? Oh yeah, they took out taxes, Joe. Welcome oh. to the world. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where you going, man? It's it's a part of life. Oh, you mad? He, oh. Yeah, they got the taxes right here. <laughs> so. Yo, no out of taxes hit, boy. Jojo, where you going? Yeah, cause they, cause they, um, where they where they go? Look, look, where you I'm going? Show them how to, I'm going to show them how to. They just finesse me. They didn't they finesse do? you. They didn't finesse you. Ah, no. It's not a stipend, it's a check. What you, wait, what, what, what you talking about? So I only got 258? Look, 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 they took out employee Medicare and they took out your social security <laughs> security employment. So that's four oh six. But I got my social security number. No, you always have to pay taxes. You have to pay taxes every time Gee, you get bro, paid. you just only lost like twenty dollars. So, Chill so out. Twenty one dollars. So look, look, listen, look, 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 listen. Look. We gotta explain to you how this look, works, man. You earned two hundred eighty dollars, but they still had to take out twenty one forty two in taxes, which is why you have this much to spend. So if I earned that, why can I get it? Because you have to you take out taxes. federal taxes. You pay taxes for everything, Jojo. You lucky you no state taxes. Listen, right? listen, they take out federal tax, state tax, all this, man. It's a state tax. This is, this Sometimes is, it's a county can, tax. Look, you can... Really? 
Here's the real world. I understand, man. Not turn it off. I understand. Y'all feel that one? Uh, <clears throat> and tax season's here, so uh, I thought hey, it's really appropriate and we can all laugh together. How many of you have ever felt that way when you looked at your check? It's like, oh, good grief, how does that work? So the, the, the text today is honor your father and mother, then you'll live a long life, a long full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, so in our culture today, uh, there are some people who complain about kids. So let's do a little, I'll give you a little quiz. I'll give you a quiz. I'm going to show you a quote and let's guess, uh, I'll have you guess, and see if you can figure out who said this, okay? Here's the quote. Youth today have luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company, and tyrannize their elders. Would anybody like to venture a guess as to who said this? Benjamin. Not Benjamin Franklin, but that's a great guess. It's a guy named Socrates, 400 B.C., So it's not new, uh, just uh, all that stuff, not new. Uh, when you read it, it's like, yes, uh, yes. So it, all those are yeses. Well, okay, so this is, uh, <laughs> this is kind of how life is. So this commandment, honor your father and mother, th- this is a unique commandment. Now, the first four commandments, they're about how we deal with God, how we interact with God. And, you know, God says, uh, I'm the one true God, and then don't worship the one true God the wrong way, and uh, take a Sabbath, you know, and rest so you can worship the one true God. So the first four are about, uh, about our relationship with God. This one is foundational, honor your father and mother. It's foundational in how not only we treat our fathers and mothers, but also how we treat people in general in society. It's a positive comment. It's, it's positive. Hey, this, I want you to do this. A lot of these are negative. Don't, you know, don't kill, you don't covet, that kind of thing. Well, this is more affirming, but it's transitional. And it's a lot about, hey, this is how life works when we deal with other people. And so if you think about it, the home is, well, the home is the primary source of values and ethics and morals. And this is where we learn all those things. My dad said to me long before I started dating, but he he told me about, he said, listen, watch how the girl you date treats her mom and dad because, and how they treat people at restaurants like servers, because how they treat those folks is who they are. It's their character. We develop our character in our homes. Think about it. Our home is our first, it's the first hospital, you know, we ever experienced. It's the first school we ever experienced. First government. It's the place where we are told this is what you do and this is what you don't do. Uh, we're, we're, uh, boundaries are set for us. And so there's a bedtime and you have to eat your vegetables before you get dessert. And, and there are rules around how you live life. And we learn them, at least we start learning about them in the home. And it's really important that we, we get this. Somebody's an authority over us in the home when we're children. And so we learn all about authority and how it works. And, and so when we read this commandment, honor your father and mother, again, we think of it as a children's commandment. But I want to, uh, let me point out a couple of things. The reason this commandment was needed at first was because these were slaves. Uh, the Israelites had been slaves. And in slavery, 
the older you get, the less valuable you become because you can't do as much. Right? I mean, I'm older, I can't physically do as much. And if I'm a slave and I can't do as much, I'm less valuable. And so it was part of the culture that uh, the Israelites weren't honoring their parents because they weren't worth much in that particular culture, in the Egyptian culture. Well, now things are changing, and it's time to, to, to give them the honor to them. Then they hadn't been taught to care for the needy because you didn't care for the needy. And if you think about it, in that society... You just didn't. I mean, older people have such wisdom, but if we don't honor them, we don't always get it. I was a pastor, my first pastorate in Kentucky, Bergen, Kentucky. Um, there was one old guy sat right here, right where Tracy is, uh, sat right here, and he would always fall asleep. Every Sunday he fell asleep. Now his grandson sat with him, and so I pulled the grandson aside one time, and I said, listen, I'll give you a dollar if you keep your granddaddy awake. Uh, don't judge me. It was a long time ago, and that was a dollar. You know, it was like, you know, back in the day when a dollar meant something. And I'll give you a dollar. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Two Sundays in a row, the guy was wide awake. It was perfect. Third Sunday, he slept like a stone over there. I'm mad as I can be. I, got, I pulled that kid aside, and I said, look, boy, we had an, we had a, an agreement. I'm going to give you a dollar, and you're going to keep your granddaddy awake. And he said, granddaddy's paying me five to let him sleep. Uh, so... Uh, There's wisdom that comes with age. Sometimes they just live long enough to know some things, right? And so we, we honor that. In the Jewish society before this, when they were slaves, when you got old, you just got pushed aside and you died. There was no social security. There was no way of taking care of yourself, that sort of thing. And we are inherently selfish people. And sometimes we need to be reminded that we need to take care of those people who are less able to take care of themselves. There's a third thing. Ultimately, this is an investment in our own futures. I uh, appreciated, appreciate uh, the way my wife honors her parents. Now, her dad died a few years ago. He developed Alzheimer's. I, I, I watched her honor him, even in his illness. I, I watch how she honors her mother. I am, I am delighted that my daughters are seeing their mother honor their parents because that's what I want for me. You know, like when I get old, I want my daughters to treat me the way Miriam has treated her parents. That is what this is kind of about. When it says so that you have a long, full life in the, uh, in the world, in the land I'm giving you, it's not some magic formula. It's just the way life works. When you see it done, then you are more likely to do it. It's not a crystal ball. Hey, this is how it works. It's just that's where you learn. Uh, that's where your kids are learning to honor their parents. And they have a chance then to honor you when you get older. It's how it works. The Grimm's brothers had a fairy tale. It was about a, a, a family unit. There was a young husband and wife, and then a little boy, four years old, and then a granddad. And in the fairy tale, they're having dinner at the dinner table, and the older man has become feeble, and as happens occasionally, he began to shake, and he couldn't always find, uh, uh, find the food. The food didn't always find his mouth. 
He would uh, spoon it, but it wouldn't always get to his mouth. And sometimes he made a mess and the young mother didn't appreciate it. And so they made a decision, the husband and wife, to set the older man at a corner table kind of by himself. And there he would sit and he would look longingly at the other table. And that's where he ate because that way the mess would be confined. And then one day he was eating his bowl of whatever and he dropped it and he broke the bowl. And in the story, the dad erupts and he says to his father, if you're going to eat like a pig, then we're going to make you a trough. And he fashions a trough out of wood and that's where they put his food. And there the old man sits at the table in the corner eating his food like a pig out of a trough. And one day the young couple comes home and their little boy is out in the front yard and he's playing with some scrap wood. And they ask him what he's doing, and he says, I'm making a trough so that when you and mom get old, you'll have some place to eat. Without further comment, the next day, the old man was back at the table. We're teaching our kids how to honor us by honoring our parents. The family is where we learn obedience. It's where we learn discipline, um, Totalitarian regimes throughout history have tried to separate uh, parenting from the kids so that what, what they'll basically say is follow the state and not, that's what happened in Nazi Germany, follow the state and not your parents because they understand something. The power of the state and the power of the family are often at odds. Now, the Jews took this really seriously. Look at the penalty if you were a jerk son. Look at this. This is great. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, by the way, that's really interesting because in a patriarch, society, patriarchal society, it's interesting that uh, the rule was not only you couldn't disobey your, your dad, but you also couldn't disobey your mom, uh, wouldn't listen to your mother. And though they discipline him, he will not listen to them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him, bring him out to the elders of the city gate, and place him uh, the place where they live. So they're, they're going to bring him before the court. And they shall say to the elders of the city, this, uh, Our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. And I'm going to tell you what, if I heard, I would fear. That, that's, uh, I doubt if there were a lot of... Uh, a lot of rebellious, gluttonous sons in the time. However, Jesus changes everything. So Jesus tells this story about a rebellious, gluttonous son. It's called the prodigal son. You probably know it as the prodigal son. And in that story, think about it, there's a son, and he is rebellious, and he dishonors his father, and he says, basically, Daddy, I wish you were dead. Can I have my inheritance now? And the dad graciously sells whatever he has to sell and gives him the, the money. And the Bible tells us in the story that Jesus tells that the son goes off and squanders his wealth with prostitutes and wild living. And while he's far off, he 
loses all his money. There's a drought. He begins to feed the pigs, which is really kind of ironic because he's Jewish and they won't have anything to do with pigs. And that's the best job he can come up with. And he, he's eating the slop, basically, of the pigs. And he says to himself, he comes to his senses, it says, and he says, the slaves in my father's home are better off than this. I will go back to my father and I will say to him, uh, let me at least be... Your slave. Now, it's really interesting because if this is the law, what the father could have done when the son came home is taken him to the, the gate of the, of, of the city and have him stoned. He could have done that. That, that. that would actually be the right thing to do. Or at least the legal thing to do. And yet, in this story, the son comes home. He's, can you imagine? I mean, I think of it in my mind. Uh, he's probably gaunt. You know, he went off fat and happy and now he's, he's got sunken cheeks and he's gaunt and he's maybe stumbling up the road because he's weakened from having no nourishment and the father runs to him. And this isn't what happened. He didn't do this. He welcomed him home as a son. It's a beautiful picture. Jesus changes everything. So how do we live a commandment like this? Honor your father and mother. Well, number one, you honor the position. If you have parents that are not honorable, you honor the position. Look, I don't know how you feel about our current president or how you feel about our past president. We don't have to always honor the person, but we have to honor the position. It's just how it works. So you honor the position. Look at the. I want to show you a, a kind of a difference here. Children, obey your parents and the Lord obeys the word. And in Exodus, it says, honor your father and mother. There's a difference in obeying and honoring. And you all probably know that story about the little boy and he's being rambunctious and the mom tells him to sit down and settle down and he won't sit down or settle down. And, and, and he <laughs> continues to be wild and, and she puts him in the timeout chair, but he won't sit down. And eventually she has to swat him on the behind and makes him sit down. And he says to her, well, I'm sitting on the outside, but on the inside, I'm still standing up. You know, it's kind of that rebellious. You can obey, but not honor. Uh, the word honor is chosen specifically here. The word literally means to give weight to. To uh, show them a, a certain measure of courtesy because of their position. We honor people today based on how we feel about them. Like they're a great athlete or they're a great singer or they're a great whatever. And uh, we honor them because they're good at something. But honor is more than that. And here we're told that we honor our, our parents because of what uh, that position means. We honor them uh, because uh, the position requires honor. There's a guy who wrote a book, his name is Jim Sheeler. The book's title is Final Salute. And in the book he talks about a guy named Major Steve Beck. He's a Marine. Now, Mr. Beck, Major Beck has um, one of the worst jobs I can imagine, and that is his task is to go to families whose sons have died, and he has to break the news to them. I, I can't imagine a worse job, honestly, and he goes. But the thing about, uh, I love about this book is how it portrays what Major Beck does. Because he doesn't just coldly show up at the door and tell them, he walks them through the process. And he tells them, you know, this is what happens next, and let's, I'll help you with the funeral arrangements. And then 
in the military, oftentimes there's an honor guard. It's an interesting name, isn't it? Honor guard. And the honor guard, there are Marines there who give a salute to their fallen comrade. And the way the Marines normally salute and the way Marines salute a fallen comrade is different. And so Major Beck has to teach them the process. Now, I don't know about saluting, and I, I don't, pl please forgive me if I do it wrong or whatever. But in a typical salute, it's, it's snappy. You do it and you, you, you're up and down. But in a honor guard salute, it's slow. And he tells them it's got to be slow. It's three seconds up. You hold for three seconds. It's down for three seconds. If you've ever been to a, a, a funeral where there are military rites, um, where they fold the flag, have you ever noticed they don't fold it fast? It is slow. It, it's time-consuming. And that really is its a stark change to our fast-paced society. But Major Beck said this, and I think it's a great quote. A salute to your fallen comrade should take some time. God didn't say honor your parents only if they're honorable. Honor your parents if you judge them to be good or great. We honor the position and oftentimes that takes time. Secondly, we listen to them. We listen to them. Wise children take their parents' advice. Wise children take their parents' advice. Now, you have to be discerning. If your dad says, hey, I need you to rob a bank, you don't have to do that. That's not honoring. You honor a higher authority. But you should listen to them. It is amazing to me, and this is kind of cyclical, and I think it works in most, li uh, most people's lives. I, as a son, I thought my dad was, really knew a lot of stuff early on. And then I turned 13 or 14, and then I didn't think my dad knew anything. And then I got in my 20s, and it's like, oh, well, he wasn't as dumb as I thought he was, you know? It, it's kind of how it works. And so I believe it's probably worked that way with my kids. My kids liked stuff I said, and then they have their teenage years, and then now we're back to, oh, he kind of knows what he's talking about. We listen to them because, look, I've learned a long time ago, I might have more education than a person, and that doesn't mean I'm smarter than that person. You might have a lot of education, that doesn't mean you're smarter. Some things you just learn... By living. And your parents have lived longer. Like I said, my mother obviously knows more basketball than any of us because she's lived longer. She's seen more. And we listen to them. Third thing, we appreciate them. When your mother is old, this applies to your dad too, when your mother is old, show her appreciation. It's just the right thing to do. I've told you this before, but let me say it again. When I was born... Now, my mother is slight of, uh, she's, she's a slight lady. She's, she's not big. When I was born, I weighed 10 pounds and 11 ounces. I will never, ever be able to repay her for that. I mean, I think about it. I will never be able to completely uh, settle that debt. So, if mama needs something and I can do it, 
I want to do it because I owe her. Not only that, she cleaned up after me when I was sick. She gave me chicken noodles. She made me chicken noodle soup when I needed it. She, uh, she nursed me back to health. She coached me when I was really bad in school. I mean, she, she and my dad, uh, they taught me. Listen to this number. The average family will spend $233,610 on food, shelter, and other necessities to raise a child by the time they reach 17. $233,000. I did the math. I have four kids. That's nearly a million dollars. I could be a millionaire today. Let me tell you this. That money was a bargain. For the joy they've given us. It's a bargain. Part of my task as a dad is to protect my daughters. Uh, I am very protective. Um, when Elise starts dating, I've already had, I have a plan. <laughs> a, a rifle with a scope, you know, uh, displayed on the mantle and a couple of trophies that say things like first place long range moving target division you know something like that charles barkley the uh, nba commentator was asked about what he was going to do when uh, his 12 year old daughter when the boys started sniffing around and i quote i think if i kill the first one the word will get out Uh, (laughs) that's pretty good most of us have this Enormous debt. Now, again, I understand uh, some parents weren't great. Your parent might not have been great, and I'm sorry. I had the great luxury and blessing of having a mom and dad that were honorable. But I'm going to tell you this. My my mom and dad weren't perfect. I love them. My dad's been gone a long time. I I loved him so much. I still talk about him all the time. He, he would give these little axioms, and, and I, I, I apply that to my life even today. I just, it's just who he was. But I'm going to tell you that my dad wasn't perfect. When I was about 13 or 14 years old, we, um, we lived kind of in the city. <laughs> if you know Danville, that's kind of funny. Uh, uh, we lived in the city, and uh, then we moved outside, outside of the city. And we, we bought an acre they, they bought an acre of, of land uh, and a house, a house on an acre lot. For the first year, I got to push mow that. I got to push mow an acre. Uh, an acre. It's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. You get done, you start over. It's like you never got done. It was forever. When, when we moved there, Daddy decided he wanted a garden. It was as big as this room. I mean, it was because I got to till it. Right? He didn't till anything. I tilled everything. I went to college. I came back. I was excited to see the garden. It was the size of a postage stamp. I mean, everything changed. Now, d- Daddy bought me a, a <laughs> he bought me a, a riding mower eventually. But I learned a lot from, from my parents. <laughs> my very first car was a Datsun B210. And it was burnt orange, and it was ugly, and I don't know how I was supposed to pick up chicks. You know, I was like, how am I going to pick up any chicks in this car? But I, I, I was, inwardly I was seething. Daddy, come on. 
a Datsun B210. I mean, it's ugly. Eight-track tape player, which was cool. Uh, it's like, come on, Daddy. What, first, I'm not even, I make up some stuff. This I'm not lying about this. First day I had my license, first day, I hadn't had it 24 hours, I backed the Datsun B210 into my sister's car in the driveway. My daddy got home and he said, that's why you have a Datsun B210. Uh, so you have to understand, they're wiser than us, and so we appreciate them. I appreciated that, honestly. I didn't like it at the time, but I appreciated it. I really did. I mean, it just made sense. Daddy knew what he was talking about. If you cut down a tree, you can tell how the life of that tree has gone. Uh, it has rings, and some of the rings are really tight. And that means it was a stressful year. And if you look at uh, some older folks, some parents like mine, my mama's hair is really gray. And I'm fairly certain I gave her every one of those. My sisters were, were much, much better than me. I, I gave them a lot of cause. And so today when I think about appreciating them, I appreciate they stuck with me. I appreciate they didn't listen to the law from the Old Testament. I appreciate they were more, much more like the father and the prodigal son story. They forgave me and they were patient with me. And so the, the fourth thing is we learn not just to appreciate them, but to serve them. We serve them. If a widow has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home, and there's our word, repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Isn't that interesting? It pleases God. It doesn't say you repay them or you take care of them only if they deserve it. This pleases God. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So, my parents spent about 20 years taking care of me, helping me. And now I have the opportunity to take care and help my mother. We go home a couple of times. I go home about four times a year. I want to make sure she's okay. And, and she saves all of her house stuff for me. My dad's not around anymore, so now I have the opportunity to take care of those things. And we trim bushes and we pick up limbs and we do all this stuff. And we do it because Jesus modeled this. On the cross, I want you to think about... He's probably got other things on his mind. He's on the cross. And while he's on the cross, he says to John, basically he says, I need you to take care of Mama. I need you to take care. On the cross, Jesus is thinking about Mama. I mean, that's... He modeled it. The last thing... Sometimes we have to forgive their failings. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. This applies as to children, to their parents. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do, and I've had to do it a couple of times, is go to my children and apologize. I hate it because I did something, number one, that needed to be apologized for. And the second thing is, I don't. who wants to apologize? And they've been always gracious to be forgiving. My parents, I put them through it.
for some in the room, this is a difficult message because you had parents that maybe weren't honorable. Maybe they devastated you. I know that happens. But, but God has everything under control. In Scripture it says, if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. They may not have been great. God's not asking you to gloss over it or fake it. But you face it. Maybe the most honoring thing you can do is tell them the truth. It, it was tough with you as my parent. You don't beat them up. You forgive. God calls us to forgive. Now, one last word to those of us who are parents. Let us be honorable. L look at what Billy Graham said. Children will invariably talk eat, walk, think, respond, and act like their parents. Give them a target to shoot at. Give them a goal to work toward. Give them a pattern that they can see clearly, and you will give them something that gold and silver cannot buy. So let me give you a couple of ideas around this. Be an encourager. Be an encourager. Encourage one another, it says, and build each other up. This is active. It's not passive. You say things. Hey, that was great. Catch them doing something good and comment on it. Secondly, we honor them by, we're honorable by teaching uh, and by taking time to teach. Teach your children right from wrong. In Hebrews, the word teach and parent are a lot alike. It's not nearly the same word. And sometimes you teach by saying no. Listen to me. We had three girls relatively all in the same year. Uh, they were about four years apart, but a lot, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of little girls at our house for a long time. Most of the time, daddies loved their little girls. I, I wish I could have given them everything. But as a pastor, sometimes you don't have a lot. We didn't have a lot. It's okay. So we sat them... At the kitchen table a few times. We'd say, girls, I really wish we could, but we can't. I really wish you could do that thing that everybody else is doing. I really wish you could have that thing that everybody else has. We can't afford that. It's okay. Because you know what happens in life? You don't get to do everything you want to do and you don't get to have everything you want to have. It's also a lesson that we're teaching them. Sometimes we had to say, we could afford it, but you don't need it. We're not going to do that. That's just not what we're going to do. Dr. Susan Newman is a psychologist and she writes, kids who understand that they can't always have their way will be more likely to be successful in school, relationships, and their careers. Kids understand boundaries. Look at what it says. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. My dad disciplined me. My mom disciplined me. I didn't enjoy it. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. You know, mowing that yard, tilling that uh, garden, it taught me a work ethic. It taught me to be a self-starter. It taught me about life. Life isn't always easy. 
I didn't get to lay in the bed until 12 o'clock. I got up and I had stuff to do. That's okay. I didn't like it. It wasn't pleasant in the moment. But it was right. Let me end with this. Be honorable by being a good listener. The Bible says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Just to be honest with you, I occasionally jump to conclusions. Something will, like uh, the milk got left out, right? It's supposed to be put back in the fridge. It may not happen in anybody else's house but mine, but that happens. Now, if I see the milk out, I'm going to go to Elise left the milk out. Because it could be me, I might have forgotten. Uh, but I'd rather blame Elise. And that's kind of how it works. So, however, sometimes the milk is out because Miriam put it out because she's going to do something with it. You know, we jump to conclusions way too often. I think that's why it says be quick to listen. Don't just assume things. Your kid might have been lazy. Yes, it might have happened. But it might not be that. So if we apply this to our relationship with our children, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Now that helps us when they do mess up, we can offer forgiveness, but we can also discipline all those things because we've not just jumped to a conclusion. You jump to a conclusion and they say stuff like, you always think, I, well, okay, maybe I do. So we as parents are training little children to become adults who will then get to say where we spend uh, the rest of our lives. <laughs> you know, uh, it really makes sense. That's, I think that's why it said, honor your parents so it may go well with you. Because eventually your kids are seeing how you honor your parents. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this commandment. It is it's kind of encouraging and challenging. Um, and good. It's good for our souls and our spirits. Thank you for loving us and showing us how we're to live life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.